Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Mayweather. One McGregor. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 195. Eric. Robbie. How are you? I'm feeling better now that I got out all of that that bad Irish accent. I don't have to. I don't have to do it. Uh, on the air, you don't have you're to the perform. only one that gets to hear it. Well, no. I mean, I feel special I that feel, way. I didn't feel really good about it. If I felt, if I felt really good about it, really, I'm just swearing in a slightly different voice. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's not is different. It, isn't that just language, though? I think so. I mean, yeah, I think so. Isn't that linguistics? It's just swearing in different voices. Sure, and you know how cunning we are at that. I I see what you did there. I'm always gonna make I'm always gonna make the joke about cunning linguists. Later on in the show, we're gonna be discussing My Friend Dahmer by Durf Backdurf. The book, not our actual no, friend I, Dahmer. I, he is never he was never my friend, so that'd be that'd be a lie to begin with. Mm-hmm. He he's much too I, I mean I was eight when he died, so that's not I'm like it's not gonna be we didn't even share like peer groups or anything. How are we going to be mm-hmm. friends? It's impossible. Okay, you're just going to let that go. All right. Let's uh, so let things happen. Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, we, but we we can we can start the show with our first segment. How about that? Sure. Sure. You okay? Okay. Good. You agree? That's what I need. Verbal confirmation. Okay. We can get the show started with weekly floppies. <laughs> Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. May or may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five, if we're feeling mushy. Our first book of the week is Hi-Fi Fight Club, number one, created and written by Carly Usdin, Usdin, one of the two, pencils by Nina Vacueva, inks Irene Flores, colors Rebecca Nulty, letters Jim Campbell. What do you say, Eric? Do you like this comic book? This is a very nice looking book uh, with... Very fun and vibrant characters. A really silly reveal at the end that it is in the title. <laughs> um, there's there's no part of me that wants this to to fail. This is this is uh, this is stupid good comic book fun. I just kind of wish they had. Um, I don't know, maybe a couple of more pages to where they had gotten more to this whole fight club reveal at the end. I also kind of wish like there's this moment in the middle that seemed really off to me, which is that this guy in the record store who had never been in the story before. Oh, right. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. He essentially says, I don't like Lauren Hill. You shouldn't listen to that. And like they trip him, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I I don't know. Like I kind of wish they had, done that like because like basically all he did was express his opinion and then they like literally attack him so i thought that was weird it just seems like that'd be a good moment to like i don't know 
I guess they'll probably maybe they'll call back to it. It seemed like they were really calling attention to it too much. I kind of wish that one of them had like done some kind of Fight Club move on him. It seemed like that would have been a good moment to like foreshadow it or something. But it's just I don't know. It was a really weird scene and otherwise a completely delightful comic. Am I being weird about this? No, this, no, it, no, no. You're no. I it stood out to me as well because it was it felt very like this comic is very positive. It's very happy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it feels it feels like a Ghibli movie in a certain way where there's very low stakes, but you're not necessarily upset about it because everything is so pleasant and charming. And then there's just like this weird meet where there's like yeah he's being an an ass yeah but. But you whatever, fucking music yeah, yeah, tastes yeah, subjective. I'm, you're in a, you're working in a record store in yeah. like in the late any any time. You're working in any like if you work in a record store or a video game store or a bookstore. I'm assuming you are bombarded with bad opinions all day long. I assume that is like that is one of the like you get good yeah. opinions too. I'm sure you're happy when you meet someone who's willing to discuss things intelligently with you. But it's like if you just like I don't I it. Again, maybe it ties back into the Fight Club thing. Okay, I just want a confirmation on what a Fight Club is. Mm -hmm. They beat each other up. That's what it should, that is what it should be. Okay, because, I mean, I've seen the movie. I read read a book called Fight Club once upon a time, and I I feel like there has been a popular, it feels like, I don't know, maybe that meaning is, has left the zeitgeist and Fight Club just means something else now. I don't know. But Fight Club to me is always like people just hitting each other for fun. Mm-hmm. It does. I'm 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 intrigued. In this book, you're right. I have, is beautiful. I have not seen and I have not seen anyone else use it in the way that you're describing, in terms of like vigilantism, which is what you're describing. Well, that's also. I mean, that's in the movie in the book too, sort of. I mm-hmm. mean, they they do like their own brand of like they're. You know, they're Terror- terrorists. Yeah, yes, they're, terrorism. They're, they are terrorists. But I mean, this book, it feels much less like, again, the low stakes just feels very much like, well, we just, that means vigilanteism now. But may, hey, maybe this, I don't see this book to, like, like th- that whole book is about that, those kind of people who just like do these things and then don't realize they're terrorists. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if this it doesn't. This book doesn't feel like it's going to go in that direction. It feels very lighthearted and fun. And yeah, that's if they're the, blowing up a credit building by the end of this series. I'm going to be really confused. Yeah, that's and why that's why I'm like a fight a fight club. Uh, okay, we'll see. But I, I I'm like I'm intrigued. I wish I feel like there's a lot of character in this, but not much stuff mm-hmm. happens in it. It's it is it is a lot of I think good character work. Um, so I'm willing to look, I I don't know. There's a lot of good character moments and they introduce every character successfully. I'm willing to roll over the fact that there's not a lot of action. I think it still does enough well that I, I, I mean, I think that's a valid criticism, but I, I'm not gonna, I'm not marking off any points on, on my report card for it. (laughs) Okay. As it were. All right. Uh, are you a buy? I think so. Um, really nice looking book. Really fun. Not without its problems. I think it's got. Uh, I think it's got promise. I think it's going to be really cool. I think I'm gonna buy too. I, I I also I have my complaints, but it's it has a lot of promise. It looks really 
uh, really gorgeous. I'm mm-hmm. curious, and that's a good feeling. You know, that's a good feeling to be left with to you know follow up. So mm-hmm. double buy. High five, fight club number one. Next up is Generations, the unworthy Thor and the mighty Thor number one. You sound like you're fighting back a little bit of a giggle there. I could just call it Generations, the Thunder number one. That doesn't tell me anything. I mean, that's also on this cover. So, sure. Written by Jason Aaron, art Mahmoud Azrar, colors Jordi Belair, letters Joe Sabino. They just keep coming every week. Yep. We get a peek at young Thor, and then he meets Jane Foster as Thor, Mighty Thor. They fight Apocalypse. Old Apocalypse. And there's a thing in this... That is not in any of the others, or, as, or at least near, not nearly as overtly, because this stuff has teasers for Legacy, direct teasers, because we flash back to Odin making out with the Phoenix, which is going to be a part of the, I assume, the 1 million BC Jason Aaron book that's a part of Legacy, because hmm. Odin is in that book, and I assume Phoenix will be as well. I'm not sure about this. <sighs> I I don't have there there are no big black marks in in my book against it. Um, there's a lot of Jason Aaron Thor that I still like, and this is just more Jason Aaron Thor. There's a little bit of that clunky writing he does, um, you know, kind of like that that uh, that page in uh, in Thor where she's like, yeah, that's using feminism like a four-letter word there's a little bit of that when she's like oh using winch what's wrong with you i don't know um i really don't have any problem with this other than like why the why is loki in this why the fuck is loki in this book i don't know he doesn't really need to be in it no i don't know just i assume because i i don't remember real any like a very of all the old, older, the past Thor that has, you know, various arcs of Jason Aaron's Thor run. Mm-hmm. You've seen past Thor. We I don't think we've really seen much past Loki. And maybe he just wanted to introduce that. This does have a lot of things. Maybe that's going to play a part in Legacy. Who knows? I don't know. Or play a part in, I, again, I don't know if it means anything or if it's just like, hey, I wanted to have you know, old Loki in this because people kind of expect Loki in things now with Thor and it, he was, I don't know. I, again, this is, this, this has, I, this feels like it's in between. Like I, I, the, the Wolverine book I can, I, I could recommend without any kind of, um, I don't know, uh, caveat. Yeah. No reservations. No reservations. <laughs> this, I feel like is not, it's, I, I feel like it's better than the Hulk, and, mm-hmm. and it uh, still has some of Phoenix. that issue zero yeah feel to it. I, I there is some stuff in here that I really I really like, and I think mm-hmm. that I like Jason Aaron's Thor quite a bit. Uh, I feel like I'm a buy, but I'm like a mushy buy, like a four. I'm a four. Mm. I don't even know that I could go more than two. Okay. I I it, I mean it, it again it. Like all of these books have been, it looks it, the the artists are knocking it out of the park. Like they do great mm. work, and I feel like they're tight and they execute on their ideas. It just feels like some of them do s- s- give me something aside from hey, it's 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 them. 
feels more than just, hey, these characters you know together and not like pushing it harder, pushing something out there. With the Wolverine book, it was basically just sentiment, sentimentality and, and meaning, like deeper meaning to the characters. There's some of that in here. I like, I like, he does bounce back and forth with Jane Foster's inner dialogue, but you know, the part of it where she's, she's like, I could just stay Thor. Why would I ever, why would I go back to that weak body? Mm. Like that, I thought that was good. And with the, I don't know, there's the solicitations came out for the Thor 701, and it's, I don't know, there's doubts if Jane Foster is going to remain Thor, but who knows? I'm curious, and I think whatever happens, I think I'm looking forward to, I I, I hope that really nails the landing. I hope if she stops being Thor, for whatever reason, I hope it has real meaning, and that's my only concern. This book, I feel like, is, I, I like, I'm intrigued by the Odin Phoenix stuff, I think that's really neat. And like an interest, like interesting idea, and I think some of the Jane Foster stuff in this is good. The Thor stuff is actually like the most disappointing part because he's written past Thor in in the past to, to have like more depth and nuance than this, and this is really just I'm gonna go fight with my axe. I'm gonna go fight Apocalypse. There's Vikings. There we go. I don't know if this is post God Butcher or not, which is would be like I guess the demarcation line for like meaningful change in the character so who knows i I, so three is that where we're at i think that is the law of averages there you go so double buy uh on generations the thunder number one with a uh mush meter of three next up is generate no not generation (laughs) there's two titles this week that have generation and they're right in between and then so uh next book is weapon x number seven Written by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lante. Art, Mark Borstel and Ibrahim Roberson. Colors, Frank De Amarda. Letters, Joe Caramagna. So here, here's, here's your Weapon mm-hmm. H and his looks like the most default human ever. I suppose that's true. He looks like this, like when you create a character in a video game, mm-hmm. he's like the thing you start with. Before so you, you open up the dictionary to man, and that's his fate. That's the that's the picture beside it. Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah. But how's how's this feel, Eric? How, how do you? I thought we might as well dip our toes in this comic. It's not as bad as um as like I maybe I wanted it to be worse. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it it's it's not great, but it's not like absolutely wretched. Like I, I, I didn't like pull a muscle rolling my eyes at it. I'm, I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for anything Weapon X. Mm-hmm. And this, I, like the original Wolverine Weapon X mm-hmm. is over thirty years old now. Yeah, and this feels like to again bring it back to wrestling. It feels like ECW homecoming shows in the year of our lord 2017 where it that is, is a that is a complicated reference you just made it feels like why are we still doing this why why are why is this the why is this the i i and i know why is because people this name still means something to people but this feels timid in a way almost it feels safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's in the end, like I think it is it it looks real nice. I think the writing is fine. 
You know, I th- I feel like right. the the dialogue and the characters seem okay, and I like I like the interplay between all the members of the team. But mm-hmm. it's not like uh, if you're gonna call back to the original Weapon X, if or if you're gonna even make books that are like hearkening to that legacy, those books are like like dangerous in a way. Like Barry Windsor Smith, like his art was like it, and and the and how he wrote those books felt strange and foreign mm-hmm. it's very strange the whole book is like an acid trip and in any book that has tried to pick up on that after over down the uh, down the road all the ones that i think are have been successful are the ones that have not necessarily tried to be him or tried to do what that book did but tried to do something different than this is a team book where we do a thing it and this is all like i want it to be more, I want it to be more, big, like bigger, like to take risks or something. It just feels like this. This could be just the of, of like they're talking about. Oh yeah, we have to kill him. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I mean, I, okay. And, and the old man Logan is like, no, I give me a minute to talk to him first. And that's the you know that is the cliffhanger of this issue. I I don't know. I I am intrigued by it. I want to know what this guy like. He's having these weird visions, and I think that is intriguing. Um. I just, I don't know. I don't have tons of faith that it's going to necessarily pay off into something that means anything. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm a buy, but it's a mushy, mushy five. I'm a full on five. I think that I'm curious about what's going to happen. I just, I don't, I don't know. I want this book to take more chances with the team, with the striker. Like, why aren't they fighting striker? Why are they chasing this, this? I don't know. I want. I don't know. There's there's a lot of things. I feel like this. It it feels one note-ish, Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot in this that I think is really dumb, but is executed really well. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I think mostly I I should probably roll um, with do not buy. Okay. Just simply because it leaves me so flat. And the whole, I mean, they don't show him, but I, I mean, this is, this is the stupid ass Wolverine Hulk. They, they dance around it. I assume he's been all over one through six. I, I, I come away from this so neutral that I don't really see any reason to say bye on it. Okay. So I, I think it is a silly ass premise that is executed well, maybe it will make, maybe it will make a good book in the long run. Time will tell on that. I'm, I'm always prepared to have Greg Pak. Did, was he on the first arc? This, was this his concept? I don't know. That's like, I mean, those, that's a good team. I like Van, Fred Van Lente and Greg Pak. I think have, I've enjoyed a lot of the comics they've written in the past and them working together seems like, like a slam dunk, but it's just the very concept of this. I, I, it, I kind, I, I think there's just not like, I, it, sh- it feels safe. Mm. I think that's the pro, I, my problem with it. It feels like none of these team, none of these people are in danger. I, like, none of these people are gonna, like, what's gonna happen? Are they gonna kill Lady Deathstrike again? Except it doesn't mean anything. That's kind of what I'm saying. What, I mean, it's like if Game of Thrones and but no one ever died, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, let's the, all that drama is. You have to have people die occasionally. 
And in this book, I think you need to have the, you need to have that danger, that threat there. Yeah. I mean, the characters are all of the most invincible characters. Yeah. In Marvel. Yes. I mean, that's, I mean, and it's, it's a steep difficulty curve to make the threats against them, against them feel meaningful in any way. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying I, that's what I want out of a title, a book called Weapon X. Okay, so that's a split decision on Weapon X with Motion Reader 5. Our next book is Generation Gone, number two. Storytellers, Alice Cott and Andre Lima Araujo, written by Alice Cott, art, Andre Lima Araujo, colors, Chris O'Halloran, letters, Clayton Cowles, design, Tom Muller. We were kind of iffy on this book after the first issue. Yeah. I thought I thought we could read issue two and see how we feel. I know how I feel, Eric. I'm curious. I, I am... I think that this is better than the first book, but I still kind of feel like maybe I'm just done that I, I just can't muster up the energy for this one. I don't like this. I, I don't think there's anything unlikable about it. Not really, really. But I don't think that, I don't know what it's doing. I don't really need. Tell me why you don't like it. These don't feel like real people to me. They f- okay. They feel like, like the, the thing that bothered me the like it's the conversation between the military guy and the scientist dude in the in their little office, and it felt, it it felt very much like them just saying, "This is how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. Here are my feelings. Here I continue to say my feelings about here. Let us deliver exposition. Here's an inform. Oh, did you know that the general has a daughter that is disabled in some way?" Now you do. Let me deliver that information to you. I mean, that is kind of how writing works. I know, but it, it, there, like, there's a moment later on where he's on the phone talking. And I'm like, why did, why, why do we have this? Like, you can deliver X, like, hide it. It, it, it's just, it, there's, and there's a lot of it like this. And then there's a, what is, where does the riot come from? What is, I was really confused by that. Like, they were just, they were going to leave because the army's coming, but then there's a, like, or a protest or whatever. I don't, it just happens. Like, is that, was that, like, did I miss something? I don't know why that happens. It it does seem, it, it just is kind of disconnected from, just is kind of disconnected from the story. He just wanted to make a statement, I guess. It really doesn't seem like it has anything to do with it. I don't know. I kind of brushed past that, but you're absolutely correct. It's just like an insert. They're they're walking from one place to another, and there happens to be a huge protest. Yes. And uh, Canada is in the audience. There he is with his little pill jacket. Oh, good. This is this is a watered down Acura, anyway. I, yeah, I, I, I. Anytime I see. It. A comic that's like, hey, I liked Akira a lot, and we're going to make it modern. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, Akira is still modern. It's yeah. As, it's as modern as it gets. It could have been made yesterday. Uh, I'm a do not buy. I don't like this comic. I, I don't need it in my life. I don't have quite the vitriol that you do, but I just, no thank you. That's enough. So, double do not buy in Generation Gone number two. Next up is Moonstruck, number two, written by Grace Ellis, Art Shea Beagle, Kate Leth, guest artist, Clayton Cowes, letters, Caitlin Quirk and Shea Beagle, 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 colors, Lauren McCubbin, editor and designer. 
thought we'd follow up on this one too. Might as well. We don't often get to, you know, I'd like to follow up on second or third issues when we can. I think it's a valuable thing. You, uh, we were, we both really enjoyed the first issue. Mm-hmm. I'm still on board. I still think this is very charming and very cute and very beautiful. Feelings change at all? Eric, you there? Yeah, my power browned out. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it was a weird thing to happen. All okay. right. Is it okay? Uh, I mean. You assume? I, I, I mean, a, a meteor could crush me to death right now. Who knows what's going to happen? Okay, did you hear what I said? None of it. Okay. You, you should start over from the top. Okay. I, well, we enjoyed I, the first one. Yes. I was, have your feelings changed? Have my feelings changed? Do you still like um, this comic book? My feelings have not changed about the first one. I think this one is... Um, no, I mean about this, about the series. Uh, I think the series could still be really fun and very cute, and the art is still amazing. Uh, it continues to be the tweeest thing that ever tweet a twee. Um, th- this this is um, this is a very cute story that I think could be told in half the amount of time. The whole the whole first half of this issue is them just trying to bend over backwards to be extra respectful of each other's feelings. And I think that that's a really weird thing to put in a story. There's just so much of that, like, oh, do you bet? It's like, I don't know. It's a weird... It's a a bunch of complete fluff. And it's so weird that it's in there. Like, I don't understand why there's like oh i thought this but no 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 it's okay like i I don't understand why there's so much of that i mean it it you i have a reason for that eric it's because they wanted the second issue to end with this big reveal of the centaur becoming just a regular dude because of weird fox magic so you're saying they couldn't figure out another way to do that I okay. I don't. I don't know any of this, but that is my guess, and that that is a pretty big dramatic beat. It's a I, pretty. So, I get that. I just think that there's something you can put in there other than what I've described. I am kind of wondering if this is just like I don't know. This is just like a whole flavor of fiction that we're going to get of like hyper respectful of like all of your shit and your baggage comics. Like trying to, it, it, it's it just feels a little over the top, and it ends up being like a bunch of padding in this book. I, like it, it, it's like they have to. I mean, am I being an asshole about this? Because it I seems, think so. it seems I don't, a little, again, it seems a little much, and it really is eating up. It, I mean, that's it's eating up some stuff. If you and, don't like it, maybe you could. If huh? you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't like it. There's nothing I, I, I wrong don't, with not I liking it. I don't dislike it. I think that there's really good, good stuff in here. I think that a you, little bit of fluff in the story, I can see past it. The art's gorgeous, and the characters are fun. And I think that even though like I'm criticizing it for that, like you could, if I thought that they were going to play off of like there's going to be a foil of this then I would be okay with that because they're revealing character, mm-hmm. you know? But I don't think that's what it is. I think they're bending over backwards to say, oh, hey, guys, look how nice these characters are. You should like these characters. They're so nice. Look how they how they they 
feel the right way about things and you're totally you totally like them. I think go ahead. I was going to say I think you're not I don't I don't know. I don't I'm not I can't read into their intentions of why they wrote the characters mm-hmm. like this. I of course. I think mostly it is a little tiny it's it's a a page or two of filler of them well like I I I it's advice I, I, it's the advice whole first half of this. The whole first half of this is filler. Yeah, probably. But I mean, I think the it is whole first half. I think it's mostly I think that is like, well, look, we will show them their character this by having these dialogue exchanges. Okay. Uh I I thought it was okay. Uh, would I prefer more honestly like more exposure to a lot all these little side characters that we got in the first mm-hmm. issue? Yes, I would prefer that. I understand why they didn't do that because they want to focus probably focus the story down because it feels very much like this is an introduction to like conflict because this weird ass magic thing happened at the end of this book. But I don't think that this book is not going to have this again. I feel like this is going to happen in this book from time mm-hmm. to time. There's just going to be I'm... parts of this yeah. that are like this. That that is kind of that's kind of how I view it as well, and that it is they're not doing it for the the literary reasons I'm saying of like oh well here's these characters and look how different they are that this is like a big chunk of it is it's like um uh questionable content or something to where it's very slice of lifey and this is just kind of how this writer and artist like think and it's how they want to interact with their audience Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, the the second half of this, I think, is is rich. It's showing me world and character in good ways, where the first half is a lot of, well, let's stand around and we're talking for and then just like literally a page of figures on no background and gray squares, literal gray squares, literal gray squares. It's like they, ha- it's like they. Sc- I'm wondering, like, did they scrap the whole first part of this book for some some unforeseen reason and redid it at the last minute? Because it doesn't even feel anything like this nice, this great last half. I don't know. It didn't stand out to me nearly as much as it has to you. I was it like, really, it really weirded me out. I don't know. I was just like, it's fluff. But I mean, like, I feel like this book is kind of like. Again, I feel like High Five Fight Club has a lot of the same like characterization and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. it's just like it, like it is like a, a a Ghibli film in a lot of ways, in that you're like the conflict of central conflict of the, of the story is not necessarily like gonna take up like My Neighbor Totoro. The actual drama of that story is like over in fifteen minutes, and then the rest mm-hmm. of it is just like, hey, you're in this world. And these characters are like bouncing off Totoro and stuff, and it feels like that's what this is. It is like it's written I'm, for people who love fluff, right? Honestly, I don't know. I, it, I, I think I it's get that. Fine. And maybe, maybe that, <laughs> maybe that's part of my fundamental beef with that because that's funny. Totoro is is a movie for six year olds that well, like it's fine if you enjoy it. Like you know, it's not like. You're not like a, a, an idiot if you watch Totoro and enjoy it, but it's literally a kids' movie, and th- th- that's a really weird thing, you know. If you're if this is like literally a th- this is not a kids' book. This is about adults like dating and falling in love and stuff. I mean, maybe like 
Maybe a tween could read this. I don't, I think Totoro is a kid's movie, but I don't think, I mean, there's plenty of adults who love Totoro, but, and I think that this is what it's delivering is like, it's escapism kind and like in a, mm-hmm. in like, it's relatively like, yeah, pe- like it, it's peaceful and it's just like, Hey, it's I people think, hanging out no. and stuff like that. It's just. I'm definitely not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, harsh anyone's need for escapism. That, I mean, you've definitely said the right word there. That's fine. But it just bothers me, like, something that's ostensibly for adults, and it has no, it's all, it's all fluff. It's weird. It's not, you, you can't just eat a bowl of sugar for dinner. I mean, I think this is what this comic is. I think that's, yeah. and that's what, like, when I read the first issue, I'm like, I'm not normally a person who just wants to eat a bowl of sugar for dinner, although sometimes I do. It's, you're disgusting. At least in comic books, you know, in my comic book tastes in a figurative bowl mm-hmm. of sugar, I'm not normally that audience. But this book is super charming and absolutely beautiful. And mm-hmm. I'm a, still a buy on it. I still like, I like this. I, I like the, the hook at the end of hook, the hook at the end of two is much more compelling than the hook that was at the end of one, honestly. So I feel like I'm more on board. I Even though this, I think this issue isn't as good as issue number one, but the hook is better, and that's all it took, really. The hook is all it took. You're not gonna, nothing? What, what do you want me to say? Oh, shit! Right! Like you, like you just laid down some, some, I'm some really, fly rhymes? I'm really good. You, that's what I need. Constant yeah. reassurance. Good. You're excellent, Robbie. I'm a buy. What are you, Eric? Are you a buy? So are you a mushy buy? I don't even think I can. I mean, I I think my criticism should be noted, but like mostly, you should just buy and support this comic because it's cute and really well made. Double buy on Moonstruck number two was our last book of the week. Until next week, or no, not well. Next episode, I should say, we'll be taking a break for a week. Uh, we can move on. To our You're next not supposed se- to announce that until the end of the episode. Th- that was a teaser, guys. I think it's okay for people to not for to know now instead of knowing later. It's a, either way. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is part of our show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to during the week, things we've done and seen and played and blah blah blah. Nerdy recommendations or or even anti recommendations when something's crummy, and we want to warn our gentle listeners not to use it. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. Um, you want to talk about Mayweather McGregor? We can uh, briefly, sure. You you watched it. I did. I watched it and all of the four boring matches that came first, <laughs> um, which I did not know were there. Yeah, there's a whole, whole, I guess a whole card. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. That's that's fine. I guess that that makes it seem. More like legitimate boxing, I suppose. Yeah, those. I mean, all the other the fighters beforehand, I believe, are all. I mean, they're there's, yeah. there's only one freak show fight on this card. The rest mm-hmm. are just like I mean, normal boxers. I, I I did not. I don't. Anything that you're saying is a criticism. I don't have a problem with that. Like, I kind of think that. I don't know what's what's wrong with a stunt like this. You you have you have some feelings about that. The guy who watches wrestling all the time. I think wrestling does, is does boxing general... need to be super pure. I mean, I well, 
I have no problem with a fight like this. I think a fight like, and these yeah. guys are just trying to make as much money as they possibly can, and they made a boatloads yeah. of it. Uh, but whatever, good for them. It's, I, I, I think like the a lot of people. I think this is my only probably strong feelings I have because I otherwise am like Mayweather won. I expected him to win. He's one of the best boxers of all time. McGregor, yes. yep. McGregor is a a very very good mixed martial artist. He is not mm-hmm. a boxer. He is used no. to grapples and and you know he he took he he took Mayweather's back probably six times. Don't typically in, in that huh? You don't typically yeah, that's not a thing you do in boxing yeah, necessarily. There's 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 no taking the back and applying the rear naked choke. That is not a thing that you do in boxing. And he kept fucking doing it. Like I thought it was hilarious. My um and then and then someone someone photoshopped a picture of him on the Titanic, mm-hmm. like hugging hugging um Mayweather. Uh Mayweather. It was it was it was lovely. My only beef is Hey, pro wrestling is goofy and dumb. I'm totally fine with that. It's too often that, and, and pro wrestling a lot of the time is pure freak show spectacle. It is things like the idea of things like this. But then when you have like, Hey, he's the, one of the greatest boxers of all time and the most famous mixed martial artist right now. That is undeniable. Yeah. Um, aside from maybe Brock Lesnar, maybe, uh, you have this fight, which is, it's a weird spectacle exhibition purely to make money. That's all it is. There's nothing else to it. They completely used wrestling, like, promotional tactics to sell mm-hmm. this thing. Where they had full-on, pro- like, touring promos between the two. And, like, stuff like that. And so many boxing and MMA, especially MMA fans, they really, there's, some half of MMA fans love wrestling just as much as they like MMA. And mm-hmm. then the other half are like, no, MMA is real, and box and wrestling's fake, and blah, it's not the same. And yet, every single MMA fight, the most successful MMA fights have always been about the two biggest personalities using mm-hmm. re- promos and wrestling ideas to sell the fight, and then they have a real fight. Yeah, I mean, people weren't talking about Ronda Rousey because there's never been a female like MMA fighter before. It's because she was a big, loud shit talker. You know, and mm-hmm. people noticed her. <laughs> yes, the same reason McGregor is so yeah. famous is because he's a yeah. good, he's very, he's a good shit talker on top of being a yep. good fighter. Yep, yep, that's correct. But I mean, I don't have a beef with them. Like, yeah, make money, that's fine. I mean, they're mm-hmm. neither of them are good people, but I don't really care about that either. Whatever. What is what is your what is your what is your beef in terms of that with uh, with McGregor? Uh, we we have we have discussed uh, his um, Mayweather's. I don't even know if you'd call it domestic violence. I'm not even sure who it is that he's that he's uh, assaulted. I mean, McGregor's not nearly as I don't consider him as bad at like he's. That's what I'm saying. He seems mostly benign to me. In the tour of like his things, he said about misogynist and racist comments because mm-hmm. he's facing. I don't know if he's you know he's there's clearly a race angle playing into this when you have mm-hmm. almost oh little, god. Let let me tell you, I okay. I can't imagine people hating. I can't imagine these fucking normal core people at the Buffalo Wild Wings where I watched this. They fucking they they all got up on their fe- feet and cheered for the the for the United for the Star Spangled Banner. They all fucking hooted and screamed for it, and they all hooted and screamed for McGregor, 
and they all fucking booed the shit out of Mayweather. And I sincerely doubt that these guys were like, yes, that guy punched a woman. It's, I'm sure they don't give a fuck. No, I, no, it's, the, and, and, and McGregor clearly, I feel like he clearly played into that angle as he was promoting mm-hmm. the fight. And that's what I, I mean, and that's, fucking Mayweather wore a ski mask oh, I, to the ring. Mayweather don't give a shit. He's making $300 million yeah. off this thing. No, he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't give a fucking shit. And, and he, and he clearly, I mean, the ending of this was never in doubt to me. Uh, I did. I don't think that any. I mean, I, I, well, I did kind of have that part of me, like, oh, I want to see what you know, McGregor's gonna. Maybe he'll surprise me. But like, I basically completely solidify, like, oh yeah, he's gonna. But like when I saw Max Landis's tweet, which I've shared with a couple of people, where he said, if you really think that McGregor's got a good chance in this fight. Then I let me tell you about the story of Rocky versus Inigo Montoya in a sword fight. So it 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 I I think it makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Boxing is not MMA is MMA is not street fighting Mm-mm. is not boxing. That these are all different things. Mm-hmm. McGregor is good at the kind of fighting that UFC is. Mayweather is good at the kind of fighting that boxing is. Mm-hmm. And they both, I, honestly, I think that, I don't know, I enjoyed it. They've created like a big, huge sporting event that a shitload of people cared about. You know, like mm-hmm. a lot of people were interested in. And like, I don't know, that's kind of a big deal. Like, people are fucking divided as shit about everything. I don't know. I. I had a gr- a good time watching it. I thought it was a, an interesting fight. It was actually pretty fascinating for me to see, like, because it was, I don't know. People were saying, oh, this is boring. I didn't like it. Like, I don't really, I don't know. You're not really thinking about, like, what Mayweather is doing. To to I, I just thought it was interesting and cerebral in terms of that. If you just want to see, like, a bunch of dumb punching, fucking watch Rocky. I mean, I think... Most of the reaction is a lot of people who generally don't watch fights. Oh, yeah. So they, they've, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same people who don't like baseball. And then for some reason they watch a baseball game and they're like, this is boring. I'm like, well, you don't, yeah, you don't, there's that, a, it, it is, it is that thing. You're, unless you really like, unless you like the sport and understand the, why they're doing every little thing in this game, of course you're going to find it boring. It's just, you know, you're not doing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't, don't there were all, there were some incredibly boring fights on that card though. Mm, yeah. Mm. I would say that god what were they? They were like the is it bantamweight whatever. They were like they were little fellas. That was a fun fight. I forget the guys. The guy's name was Davis, I think. He was a fucking crazy person. I hate that that was a fun fight to watch, but they were actually like it, it they were good competitors and it was actually interesting, but the other ones were quite dull. In particular, the first fight, it was oh, just, ugh, ugh. It was, it was rough. Okay, Eric, my, these notes here also say you have been playing Final Fantasy Tactics again. Again. As it turns out, there are lots and lots and lots of games that Square has published. Uh, you probably can get them for, uh, uh, for your iOS device. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have Final, F- Final Fantasy Tactics on my iPad. Well, good for you. I bet that's a really good, uh, a really good place to play it. I've been playing it on my Android phone, and it's just reminding me how it is. I mean, it is my. It's probably my favorite video game of all time. I can't. I mean, this is this is the first time I've ever played the War of the Lions translation of it. Mm-hmm. I really just played the original disc, like an obscene amount, because that game. You have to play it an obscene amount. Every fight takes 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get through it quicker, I guess. But you know, if you if you know what you're doing, you you just get in there and you beat up your own people so you can level them up. Um, Is it working well? Yeah, it 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 it's weird. Um, how much of it had you played? I've played. I'm like I have my people at like level 10 now. Oh, I've, something around there. I've never gotten that far. I've only yeah. like well, few, I mean, even that. Hours. Like, I've pl- I generally when I start a game, I just level up a whole bunch, you know, mm-hmm. in the and then I and then I go forward with the story. Um, I mean, the game is not hard for me, but certainly like that third, third or fourth story mission when you go to uh, what is it, Dorder? It, that's like the that's like the breaking point for most people. When they don't know how to play, then they just get destroyed. And really, it's because if you just play straight through at that point, you're you're at like level two, and the game characters are like at level five, and they just destroy you. And they have like you have two terrible, stupid computer-controlled characters, four of your own, and they have like six or seven guys. So it's incredibly hard. It 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 probably made a lot of people cash in their chips at that point and there's a shitload more game but i i'm kind of enjoying it like i think that i video games i think um i i probably would be better off doing less dicking around on social media and probably doing more playing like little games like this because it helps me I don't know. Social media is just bad in general. Mm-hmm. Too much of it. It definitely. Like, if you use it to take up all of those moments when you're bored, I think all it does in the long term is make you anxious. And I've been feeling like shit lately, so I don't know. I think video games, particularly this one, can be very meditative. So I think it's. I don't know. We're gonna see. Eric. Hey, buddy. I heard you say the word video games. Do you did you pay thirty play thirty seven video games again? Uh, not thirty seven. I did play a handful of them. Uh, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing three. Those are th- those are. I did play those three plus probably an, another two. Uh, mm-hmm. Local host, all one word, came out this week. It is on itch. Of of course, local host is one word. Of, I'm saying the title of the video game is one word. I'm not. I don't. Uh, no, it, local local host is one word. I, okay. All right. I'm not gonna get that. Local hosts the video game, all one word for people who don't know that it's all one word, is on is on itch.io for five dollars. What is that? Itch itch.io. It's a like it's where uh Colin Spacewinks distributes his stuff to. It's a okay. That I, a, I definitely a, have used it, but I I a, uh it's a video game distribution platform where neat. it like Steam except it gives way more money, way more portion of the money to the developers and has a lot of weird, small creative team indie games that don't ever go on Steam. They, people only publish, there's, there's right. a lot of people who only publish on itch. 
Uh, this is more like this is more like a publishing platform, and not like Steam is a store and it's curated to an extent. And you've like well, won some. This is this is like deviant art for your bullshit video game. Kind of. I mean, I think that uh, calling Steam curated is there's if once you get past that front page, it is yeah. a mess. But oh, I get that. But it's uh, certainly uh, well, there's like a more curated. There's green light and there's community. There's, it's, green light doesn't exist anymore. They ended it. Oh, really? Yeah. So is it more like this? Uh, the only criteria now to get on a Steam is you pay them a hundred dollars. Okay. And then you get your game. Of course, that also leads to a lot of people who shovelware just throw crap mm-hmm. on Steam and hope it fools people, which there are. I don't know. Itch.io is, I think, a, a good a good platform. I definitely encourage people to check it out because there's a lot of weird ass games that some are basically pay what you want for them, and they're you're not going to see anything like it except on Itch. Um, like this game, localhost. Uh, it is really really weird. It is like a bite sized game. You play through it like half an hour. Although mm-hmm. I've, I've played through it twice already, and I might go back and play through it again because there, are, it you know, has multiple narrative paths, and I'm curious to explore all of them. Uh, you are in some weird cyberpunk future. It, its scope is very small, so that is all kind of just this is all kind of like background. Uh, and you're starting a new job, and you're working at some place, and your first task is to erase some drives, and for your boss so that they can sell them sell empty resell these empty drives to somebody uh and when you get to work you plug in these drives into this uh basically this android shell and they start talking to you and there's all of them are ai of various types and some of them are locked meaning you have to convince them to let you delete them oh wow and some of them want don't, obviously don't want to die. Some of them are really broken and weird, and like, and there's only a handful of them. And I think that's probably a smart choice, only having a handful because more than that, it might get muddled. But it's, do you ever you? I know you haven't played Soma yet, even though I've told you you should play Soma a million times. Mm. Uh, have you played Papers, Please? I think I have a copy, so I'm going to say no. Okay, <laughs> Papers, Please is about like you're a border patrol agent. You're you're. You're keeping people from crossing the border between countries. Uh, this is like Soma meets Paper Please, in which you are dealing in in like a very down and dirty and very pragmatic way with AI and future technology. Like you're very, it's not like oh, what is AI, what is AI and is it smarter than us and all that. This is very much like no, you need these drives clean to sell them to somebody, but they have copies of people on them. What do you do? Mm-hmm. And it's it, like Soma is a little bit more high concept. Papers, Police is very down in the dirt. Like, hey, you got to get people across the border. But some of these people are like, sh- are theoretically shouldn't be allowed, but you they seem like they should anyway. And this is very much like, this is your job. You gonna, you're going to be wiping drives and ch- like dealing with this every single day. What do you do? Do you just go, well, I'm sorry, Mr. AI, that you think you're alive. I'm going to delete you now. You're gone forever. I killed you. And pass on the empty drive. You steal the drive. You steal the drive. You're probably going to get fired. Do you lie to your boss and hope that works? Mm, I don't know. It's also, the art is really, it's simple, but it's very effective. You have this weird, dark, like, 16-bit android hanging out in front of you. Uh, The writing's really good. 
the 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 song the sounds the music is very good uh it it is a little short bite sized thing but it's only five dollars and i it i think it's very unique and, and interesting and i'm kind of i really like takes on like dystopic cyberpunk stuff that is it like you're a detective and you've got to discover like just Blade Runner again. This is very much like you're a dude on his first day at his job and now you got to like convince an AI to let you kill it. It's good. Uh, another game, Dead Cells is on Steam. Much bigger game. It is a roguelike game. My favorite. Uh, it is a Castlevania roguelike, basically. Uh, is the best way to put it. I mean, it has a lot of, it has a, the enough of permanence in it that I think I'm going to latch onto this for a while, like Rogue Legacy or Another Gungeon or, 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 or my, all my favorite roguelikes, they have a degree of permanence where you can, you will lose some progress and you will start over and there is kind of randomly generated levels and all that, but also you can invest stuff into, a, a basically a RPG system that will carry with you from game to game. Mm-hmm. And that always is a good hook for me on these roguelikes where you get this incredible variability and credit and randomness and, and new levels every single time and new layouts. But it's and, not just, it's not just stages and you're throwing your shit away. No, you'll, you'll, there's progression. There's, there's progression in that, like you, you're gaining cells, basically the aforementioned dead mm-hmm. cells and every game as you go, you can invest them into increasing your potion inventory or increasing the skill or, or whatever you start with. You can you'll you'll basically leveling up the stuff you start every run with, uh, which is re- I played it for a few hours last night. It's really good. It's really tight mechanically, and I think that's the most important thing about it. It has a uh, it's it's still an early access, though it feels like I if you didn't tell me that I would not know. It looks really tight and well. It's the the graphics are really good. It's a side scrolling game. Like I said, it's like. It literally is like Castlevania roguelike it in a lot of ways, although you're, you know, there's a role, there's a little, it has a little bit of Dark Souls in it because pretty much everything has a little bit of Dark Souls in it nowadays, but I don't know, it's really good. Um, something like, I don't know, it was $18 Canadian or something, which is a really good price for it. Hmm. Uh, also, hey, Eric. Hey. I got a chicken dinner in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Well, aren't you lucky? I got first place. In a solo game, and I was very excited about it. So $17 in the US, US okay. uh, Dead Cells is BT Dubbers. All right. Um, $16.99. PUBG is uh, still a great game, and I am very happy that I got a first place, and I want to brag about it. Mm-hmm. Had to j- literally just bragging about it. Mm-hmm. It's a, I want to like shout it from the rooftops, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's a really... You, it's a, you, it, you definitely shared it on Facebook, and... It, I think a lot of our friends are just like, well, okay, this is a thing. It took me 80 hours to do it, so I'm very happy that I yeah. finally did it. So now you can finally die. Yep, that's a, I'm probably going to continue playing that game. It's still a lot of fun. It's still a very good game. Uh, also, this is a dumb thing. I just, It's a weird thing, though. I felt like I would have... Every, everything's a dumb thing. I bought bear spray. I, I was really wondering if this was literal or not. It is anti-bear spray, I guess, to be more precise. It's Yeah, it's not like you're trying to lure bears. Uh, I'm not luring bears. I, it, it is basically super pepper spray. I had to sign a paper saying I'm not going to discharge it within the city limits. Wow. But this is for your this is for your aforementioned hiking trip. Yes, we're um, for over the, the long weekend. We're going to go to the mountains and uh, there 
they're like you're pro you might encounter bears and if you, you might want to have something at the worst like hey if there's a bear charging at you it's probably better to have it than not to have it so i'm going to we're going to have it although i doubt it'll be a problem we might probably probably won't see a bear but i will feel safer having that can of pepper spray on my side i did not get a holster though i could have bought a holster you just if you're going to buy a holster make sure it's for your uh for your cell phone <laughs> that's really the right thing to do do people still do that I do see it occasionally. Okay, I I remember it. Usually, it, it, usually it's a very strong dad vibe. I was gonna say I remember back in the day when we everyone had this the the worst the terrible my uh, walkie talkie Nextels. Everyone had that on their hip, and I'm like, and you all you're just everywhere you hear beep beep. I'm like oh my, some person yeah click click like they're I'm so happy that thing died that there's no more walkie talkie. Mm-hmm. God, the walkie-talkie shit. I I think all those things is enough, right? That's a lot of things. It was a lot of things. We talked a lot about a lot of things. You ready to talk about serial killers? Let's let us do it. Okay. We can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerbo Book Club. Nerbo Book Club is the part of the show Eric and I uh, sign along and collect to work and discuss it in depth like you would. A book club. This week we are reading My Friend Dahmer by Durf Backdurf. He's got some people doing blurbs for this book. Mm-hmm. He's got R. Crumb, James Elroy, and Chuck Klosterman. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really good book. I would I I would say it's a pretty okay thing to for them to be blurbing this. <laughs> and unfortunately, Brad Meltzer. <laughs> he blurbs a lot. He can he can fuck off. I don't like that guy. I don't need to be starting shit with people. I don't like Brad Meltzer's work very much. I've never read We've any of his. Discussed this. I've never read his novels. Mm-hmm. I have not either. I have read his comics, and I have seen the weird conspiracy theory bullshit stuff that he has put onto to television. And no, thank you. No, thank you, friendo. My book also has multiple stickers on it. Soon to be a major motion picture. It it is uh, already is. Oh, okay. This sticker's in... this sticker's out of date then. Yeah, it may we'll have to put another sticker on top of it. Okay. God. Um. So it is an incredibly unique story. Mm-hmm. Durf back Durf went to yeah. high school with Jeffrey Dahmer, and this is that story. It is about. It's weird that we just did Black Hole. Mm-hmm. It's about high school life. I mean, I, I definitely suggested it because I remembered reading this book. Mm-hmm. Probably I just bought it for a dollar and read it right around the time. Actually, it was we, we, we had probably been doing this for like a year and a half, you know, mm-hmm. so it was not like when we first started. So I just read this of my own volition and thought it was great. And Black Hole made me think of it, you know, similar uh, dark subject matter, you know, told in black and white, set in the 70s. It's about teenagers. And I think that this has almost all of the same themes that Black Hole does. And this is way the fuck better, way more interesting 
and is just just better, more honest, a better book in every conceivable way, I think. Every conceivable way? I mean, you could make the argument that that Durf's drawings are kind of ugly, but I think I enjoy them. I am way more likely to pick up this book and reread it than Black Hole, even though I think that the craftsmanship of the artwork is way more interesting. Like, I think that I I do enjoy this art more than I enjoy the art in Black Hole. Okay. I would not even pick it up to even look at the art, even though I think that he is a superior draftsman. I I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think I am I am I am higher on Black Hole than you are. I think for sure mm-hmm. though. Uh, I th- I think a lot of people were after having discussed it on my uh, uh, on my Facebook with friends. A lot of people really liked it. Oh, I mean people that I I don't know that I respect their. Um, their opinions on comics or not, but like certainly one of the comic artists that I gave a shout out to when we were talking about gumballs, um, she was like, no, I love this book. And I'm like, well, damn. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, well, to me, there's almost nothing appealing about black hole. And I think there's a lot that's incredibly interesting and effective and well crafted about this book. I I I love it and I'm glad that we're talking about it. I think I like it more than Black Hole. Well, it's because it's better. <laughs> I think I like it more than Black Hole, but I definitely don't like it as much as you do. I uh, let's let's get to the bottom of that. Why not? I th- I th- I think it just felt like I don't. It it felt like this is a really, really incredibly unique story where mm-hmm. you see basically see the childhood of a serial killer from person who lived it with them. But I feel like it stops short of saying a lot about that story. I feel like it says here's this we- this crazy story, and here's how we failed this person. Mm-hmm. Here's his parents didn't were oblivious. Uh, all all of us fellow kids basically just looked at him askance and went, "Oh well, he's he does goofy shit. That's fine." But aside from that, he's kind of scary and weird, and he drinks all the time. But we're not, we aren't, we don't do, we didn't do anything. But we're kids, and then the teachers didn't don't didn't do anything, and they all had opportunities to stop theoretically, step in and stop maybe stop him from becoming a serial killer stop him from eventually engaging in all these terrible acts i think and i think like that's all it was though it was very much like well, we had a chance to stop him and we never did and we failed him and we and i i just i don't know if there's anything else you could like if there's a theme or a story like if there's a point to all of it other than look at what happened this is crazy this is high school. This is a high school and how he was a weirdo then and we didn't stop it from how we fail him and other people like him, those other the other quote unquote weirdos. But I didn't get anything more than that. And that's that's why this is more like that's that's interesting and weird, but not like I don't I, I do think his story his storytelling is 
really, really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, like the craft in this is, I, I don't, I think I aesthetically, I enjoy the black hole art more. This is art. I mean, this art is kind of quote unquote ugly, but it's a story mm-hmm. about Jeffrey Dahmer. It's okay that it's ugly. Uh, like, I feel like the art suits the story perfectly. It's, but I think his, his skill as an artist and telling the story and as our quote unquote writer is also really, really strong. And, and mm-hmm. probably he's better at eliciting character than, uh, Charles Burns is, you know, if you're comparing the two directly, like mm-hmm. the cast of characters in this is, I think about the same probably as black hole. You know, it's like, a yeah, handful, like probably a handful, so. handful of people, but I feel like I got a better sense of the the main players way more than I ever did of anyone in Black Hole. I just said a lot. You did. I I am still confused by the idea because everything you said, I think it 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 does it well. No, it does. I don't see why you say that it doesn't go far enough. Well, I don't think it. I'm not necessarily thinking it can go far or far. Can go further. Far. That is that is a thing I'm, you just said. I'm, I'm bad. This is you're you're trying to criticize this and you can't even use words. That's a further. It can't. It's not that it can't go further. <laughs> it's that it just. It's the that this is. A, it's okay that it, that's what it is. It's just I'm. I maybe I'm not. I don't. It's not. I'm. I'm, I'm actually. I'm wondering like if there's a stumbling block or something for you. Like, are you just uncomfortable with the subject matter? Because I think no, everything no, that, I am certainly... that you're saying makes, I mean, I think it works really well. Well, I mean, I think it, and I, I, I mean, it executes on its idea, but I feel like the fundamental idea is limited. Like, I think if you try to connect much outside of this to this story, it would feel stretched and weird and flawed. I, but I don't know. I, don't, I, 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 I really don't see. I think it's weird you're calling it limited because, like, it's well. I I read this. I think of the parallels in my life. I think of people that I've known, and like, I, that's kind of that's kind of what is fascinating about serial killers. I'm not going to say that I'm like obsessed with them, but like, it makes you think about your own humanity and like why it's it's not like look at this weird bug but like oh my god this is so so off the rails of what normal what normalcy what like what human beings are Mm -hmm. it's so far out of that so far removed from that that's that's really what it's saying um and i mean this is this this says exactly that and i think it's incredibly effective that it's it's talking about being a, a a high school student in ways that I think are much more effective than Black Hole is, and I don't know. Like I draw parallels. Like my my group of friends were like the fucking losers that he hung out with, and there was a kid that was a lot like Dahmer that every motherfucker picked on, and he's he's a fucking homeless man now. If he is not, if he is even alive. And this is probably a thing that has happened to just about every, you know, every generation in almost every place. This is like a, an all too common thing. And I just think that thinking about that 
and how it relates to my experience, it just, it's incredibly powerful. I, I, maybe it's just our high school experience. I don't, no one in my high school, like they were technically like clicks, if you want to call them that mm-hmm. in high school, yeah. in my high school, but they were there just because it was people with similar interests or like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, but it, there wasn't, I was on the football team. I knew all of the jocks. I was, and I yes. also was like in honors classes and AP classes. So I knew all the, mm-hmm. the, the quote unquote nerds and smart kids. Yeah. And I was on, you know, I was in orchestra and I was on in a newspaper class and I was in a lot of different, you know, I dipped my toes in a lot of different mm-hmm. social circles. I was the same person. Yeah. And it just felt like there was, there was no, like there were like the weirdo kids, the outcasts mm-hmm. that like like Dahmer, but I don't. Maybe I I just have as I have gotten there was never much bullying in my school. Everyone everyone bullied this kid, even the teachers, the one specifically I'm talking about. Okay, I mean I I believe you. It's just yeah, my own experience is like no, I know. It's just there was there. I'm sure there was. I like I I wasn't everywhere, but. It very felt much like, it was just like everyone cared so little about everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even invest in bullying. They're just like, it's not worth the effort. And I think as I've gotten older and I've looked back on high school, like I, I think we've touched on it. Not probably not a lot in this, but some about how like nerd culture is actually pretty bad in and of itself in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It can be at least, and how there used to be. Oh yeah, nerds get picked on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And like, and jocks are so mean. But there's plenty of nerds, quote unquote, that are bullies as well. And yeah. it feels, and th- I mean, in this book, it they do that. Like there is the the quote, like the kids. I didn't also. I, is there? A, I guess they're the like. What group are is uh, Durf a, a member of? They, what is their identity? They're just like. Are like are like the just, the loners or like the 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 slackers just, or something? That, yeah, kinda. I mean, we never really had any name for like ourselves or anything. We just like just sort of like these weird sort of in between click losers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we weren't like the fucking stoner kids. We weren't we weren't jocks, you know. Even though like I mean, I kind of transcended, but my friends just we we kept to ourselves. We had our own kind of our own kind of language and our own kind of ways we interacted and the things we were interested in. And they, my, my friends mostly didn't care about anything outside of that. You know, it was a lot like a lot like uh back derf. It's like just a group of nerds that didn't hang out with other people. That definitely was my tribe back then. And I, I think I just looking back, I feel like all those, I would love to be like a, invisible in like observer and be able to travel back in time to high school and like see a perspective other than my own limited teenage self's perspective about Mm -hmm. social divides and clicks in high school. And like, what was really keeping me from hanging out with a different group of people? Like why was probably just all you. Yes, exactly. That's what I, yeah, it was probably all me. And I think if it, it, if I don't know, I don't think this. I, again, I don't want to say this. This is not a. This is a very good comic. I think it, it achieves yeah. everything it's going for. I just don't. I a lot of high school stories end up falling flat with me. 
that when they folk like it's just by the sheer of like my kind of in modern especially now as i've gotten older i feel like i i barely i never think about high school ever it felt like nothing it mm-hmm. feels like nothing now and i i don't know it it shined a light on something i used to be really obsessed with like serial killers and dark garbage mm-hmm. and horror movies when i was a teenager and in, in early college and so this is not i guess there's nothing novel about any of this i i've read accounts of pretty much every known serial killer that's ever known i'm known serial killers i'm an idiot uh <laughs> i've i read all those books about son of sam and 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 manson and Dahmer and uh all of them btk whatever zodiac mm-hmm. so that's it i don't know maybe there's just not that isn't i mean it, it is i don't know i don't know it's i don't i think it's i i think his art style juxtaposed with the story is very interesting because it looks like something out of mad magazine mm-hmm. and it definitely does it's not a thing that i had thought of but it oh god who's the illustrator that he reminds me of he always drew those kind of i can't even can't even describe it they were really weird characters they had heads that were shaped like this but the facial features were very different he still does manage to instill a lot i feel like he manages even with a, like a, a somewhat like quote unquote goofy mm-hmm. art style it he instills a lot of menace and and we creepiness into Dahmer, which I think is the most important. He's part. very effective at, um, like it communicates emotion like remarkably well. Like, I think like that panel, like, like there, it shows his drawings as like a high school kid. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely very good. He draws the way he draws because he wants to. Yeah. And not because he can't, draw better or worse you know it, it it's i don't know like that panel i think about it all the time when the kid falls down and he laughs like that is remarkably like remarkably effective storytelling and i get such a creepy ass feeling when i see that panel i think the one that did it, the the one that hit me the hardest was the one with the dog Mm-hmm. Where he's leading the dog back to his like sacrificial whatever, and then he yeah they decide, can't do it. Then he lets the dog go, and then it's but like I think the most impressive thing about that is that normally that scene would be like in a in a more up a, a story with a happy ending, quote unquote. That'd be the turning point where he the the person realized no, I can't do this. I'm not this person. I'm not gonna give in. And at that point, and somehow like this moment of letting this dog live and the dog is fine it turns into like this incredible dark dreadful moment because that was the the last time he had humanity it is actually it it seems good because oh you don't he doesn't kill that poor helpless dog but instead mm-hmm. it's now this is the last time he was had any kind of like empathy towards it towards something he's um he talks about how he's on record for having a lot of empathy for for dogs which I think is a very interesting thing. The illustrator that I was looking for was Don Martin. Okay. He's probably the illustrator that I associate the most with Mad Magazine. I don't know. I think the only thing you could, uh, the only other thing, only other question maybe you could 
try and cover in a story about a serial killer, especially one like this, which is just mostly about development and childhood of a person like this, is how do we fix this? Mm-hmm. And that's a I don't I think that's beyond the scope of this comic. Like there there it's not something that you just even with like oh nice I, I don't know maybe with happy parents and if, if somehow there he had friends at high school that you know were viewed him as more than just like this weird performance art maybe he would turn in have turned into a different adult but it's like Jeffrey Dahmer that's I I think this book having Jeffrey Dahmer as the killer is probably the most revealing but it's it's just like he is his you know killing and in, 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 in dissecting people and eating people and, and necrophilia all those things like this that's like the most alien of human activities to us like those those are things are fundamentally inhuman and what do you do with a guy like that when they're just they have urges to do these awful things like as base instincts baked into them what do you do with a person like that? Do you just lock them up in a mental institution for the rest of their life? Cause that's, I don't know. I don't have an answer for it. Mm. I mean, I don't think, I don't think we're s smart enough yet <laughs> to solve problems like that. We're not smart enough to solve much simpler problems than that, honestly. Now, like, I, I, I have digested a lot of serial killer fiction in my life as well. Maybe it's just that, it's just, you know, the novelty. So that could very well be it because I do not. It's a thing that I had, I I have passing interest in, but I kind of don't want to be like that guy <laughs> who's like a bunch of serial killer books. Really, I mean, it is a fundamentally interesting thing for all the reasons that I described. I think it's because they're so weird. It's it's uh, there's a lot of people who find it compelling, and I'm young, mm -hmm. young Robbie college young college age robbie had no qualms about being that weirdo so i i was very happy to have those bad terrible most of those books are bad too that's the worst thing is that most oh, of, of them, most of them are terrible um but i think that's the question like i i go into is like what do we do with this we have this problem we have these these people exist they continue to happen and what do we do with them like what do we do with this thing? Like how do you how 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 do you figure out who these like that's a I think there's maybe go deeper into the difference between Dahmer and that the other kid that other I forget what was his name the other uh, Fig that guy who was mm -hmm. like obviously disturbed and would and was like act out and do things in high school. Well, Dahmer would do things, but he was so good at hiding that nothing nobody ever caught on i don't i don't know there's a it, it's an interesting thing there is and i think i'm curious if there's any serial killer fiction out there that has tried to touch like try to fix has, has tried to tackle that issue because mostly most of it is there's a serial killer they have this weird thing they do when they kill people and here's the detectives and they try and catch them mm -hmm. and i think like seven is i think my still i still love seven and I think that is a movie that is fundamentally about humanity and all that that I that I really still love. But a lot of the stuff I used to like is I look back and man, it's god awful. It's just a bunch of cookie cutter formula garbage. Mm -hmm. 
Have you seen Adaptation? Yes, I didn't care for it. it, it Why? I, I just think about of the uh, his the the brother who whose story idea is a serial kill a cop who is also the same serial a cop with multiple identities that is also the serial mm-hmm. killer he's hunting. And I always think yeah. I think that is the reference point to bad serial killer fiction is very much mm-hmm. like just, just stupid ideas like that that don't really make any sense and have no real purpose. It's stuff like that. Are there going to be books like this, like in 20 years that are set in the teens and there's high schoolers that high schoolers that were in high school during the, the, the 20 teens and they went to high school with some weirdo. When the millennial serial killer gets locked up. Well, it's not a millennial. It'd be like, I don't, what is the name for the post the post post millennials? Yeah. I'm sure someone will coin some equally ridiculous phrase. I I want to say that there is someone who's tried it, and it's something about like the the tablet, like a, the about phones and stuff era. Like that's what they they so so grotesque. S- People are so stupid. In the screen generation or something like I forget how they put it. It's something yeah, along it's those lines. It's just like I've like hats. I've been reading. You know, there's all there's been so many like it. It feels like teenager fiction has become more and more, like, I don't know, less distinct. I don't know if I'm imagining mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm imagining it or not, but it feels like very much like things set in the 70s are like, wow, that's the 70s. And then the 80s, you're like, okay, it's the 80s. And then everything since, the, maybe it's just because I grew up in that era, and that's just normal to me. That might be it. Because this feels very distinctly, hey, this is the 70s. Mm-hmm. And just like, I think Black Hole did the same thing. It felt very much like, this is distinctly, here's this time period. There's no doubt about it with the, the, the fashion and the, the cars and. So the book that we read, I, I, I'm, I think I'm just a little confused by that point. What? So the hi-fi fight club, that's the title of that book. Yes. Set in the nineties. 1998, I believe. It feels indistinct to you. I'm confused by what you mean. The time period. Mm-hmm. I guess it feels, I mean, I suppose it feels well. Not that book in particular. I mean, like a lot of, like high school. Like, how do you say, "Oh, this is a high school story," but it was 1995? I mean, I I can, I can verify for you that people were in high school in 1995. I understand that, but when I see a comic book that is set in 1995 in high school, or at least I don't, I, I don't feel like it's like I don't feel the 90s as much as I feel like the 70s in this. I just, I think that it's just. Like I don't know what because 90s... your 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 idea of what the seventies is is shaped by fiction. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. That's why I, I said like it's probably just because I grew up in the nineties and I know what the nineties were and it felt like nothing. I I, I kind of get that. The only thing I would complain about is how wrong the fashion felt in that in that <laughs> everything else. Whatever it didn't. I don't know. It didn't feel like it was trying to be two nineties. It felt like it was trying to appeal to kids that like 90s fashion ironically what hi-fi fight club yes i wasn't thinking about that book in particular i was just thinking i about I, it. i'm sure you weren't it's just on my mind and i'm using it as an example the only thing that starts me in that book is that 90s is like hey there's still a record store Mm-hmm. they still exist yeah, that was still that was a thing you could go to fye back then there's a there is an i don't i, I there's a lot of the stores now have just have actually have like the entire there's a two-story like pop culture store in the West Edmonton Mall that the entire first floor is just sells records, vinyl records, because 
that has it has come back around now that that is a, a an easier way to sustain a, a store than trying to sell all CDs. I guess they do they still do sell CDs, but they have way more space for records than they do have for CDs. Serial killers. Mm-hmm. Man, that Hitler thing in here. That was a very interesting little part, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Oh, how things change in just a few years. Yep, now that Hitler rose from his grave. <laughs> and inhabited that mech suit, as was foretold in Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. In the, in the, yeah, Why handed did... down by the prophet George Romero. Why did we not listen to his words? Why did we not mm. heed the prophecy? We d- we discounted him when he released Daikatana. He says, "Go to hell or some." What is, who's 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 the other who's the other George? Why can't I think of his name? John Romero is the person. You're John Romero. Yes, George Romero so, is, who, is the zombies. The, yeah, Night of the Living. Yeah, of course I did that. John Romero. So it's what's the what was the developer's name? The other guy. What of Ca- of, of Wolfenstein? Yeah, they all were like they both worked on Doom as well. This is really relevant to my friend Dahmer. I mean, I'm looking it up because I'm I, John Carmack and John Romero. Those Carmack are, is Carmack, who I was thinking yeah. of. I mean, that new Wolfenstein looks really good. I can't wait to play it. Mm-hmm. Comes out this like next month or two months from now, I think. Same day as Mario, actually. Oh, the new Mario, really? It comes out same day. There's three games that uh-huh. come out. There's the Mordor game, uh, the new Wolfenstein, and Mario all come out on that day. Anything else you want to talk about with uh, my friend Dahmer specifically, Mr. Goodnight? Mm-hmm. We've mostly only talked about our contention over it. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? And that's what I'm asking. I feel like there's a lot more we can talk about. We mostly just talked about our disagreement. We did touch on some. I feel. I mean, we you know, we we some very we, important things about it. We danced across uh, some of the topics contained within. Yeah, as is our way. <laughs> My copy of the book is refusing to load. That's always useful. Yep, it, it definitely timed out. That's nice. I think I broke Comixology. Good job. It's your fault. It is my fault. My browser specifically is, uh, like, just does denial of service attacks. I might want to get a different browser. I mean, I have to use this one. Well, I can't read my friend Dahmer anymore. Comixology has decided it's done with me. I don't know. Do you think the adults failed? Do you think the adults failed Dahmer? Oh God, absolutely. But I mean, what could they his, do? His his parents definitely. I mean, yeah, you, know, you, you say like they did the best that they could, and no, they no didn't. one realized that this would happen, or like whatever. But I mean, obviously, they've they've let him down. I mean, I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to take any other perspective other than Durf's on this. They're just dumb kids. You know, you're 18 years old. You're just, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You don't, you don't, you can't deal with this shit. I mean, fuck, you're, you're, you're 18. You know, you've got like four five, maybe six years of like, crazy ass changes going on in you fucking like all kinds of hormones and dumb shit happening to you and all these feelings and things that you just have to experience and no idea what to do with any of them you're you're not fucking smart you don't know how to do this shit 
it is a miracle that all children aren't serial killers. <laughs> I I mean, it's pretty revealing that all this weird stuff happened. Like the th- the fishing scene, like that's the one time like it really feels like oh well he's hanging out directly with Dahmer and Dahmer catches a fish and then hacks it into little pieces in front of him and he saw that and yes he's a dumb kid so he what does he know he goes oh that well Dahmer is still a weirdo uh it's just how do you as an it's a tricky task because as a teenager I wanted nothing to do with adults and especially like in a case like this where Dahmer is clearly a very smart person as well as deeply disturbed and he hides it so well hides everything like from people who theoretically could do something uh, again what action would like that's the thing like what would they it would probably stop him from killing people but he would still be that person somewhere inside yeah they could have someone could have had some sympathy on the kid and helped him yeah i mean that's the you thing know? that i don't think there's it's sympathy for teenagers is get short supply. No, I mean as as a society we're fucking terrified of teenagers. And I I kind I find young people inherently very interesting. Yeah, even if I kind of hate their guts or think media that they're digesting is gross or bad or you know whatever stupid old man shit I'm feeling at the time. But like I don't know. I I I, I almost always like stories about young people. And that that I don't know. That's really what this is. It's just it's it pushes a lot of my buttons, I guess. You know that I I I definitely see him as that tragic figure that he tries to paint him as, and I think that that is kind of where this is effective. You take someone that is very monstrous and make us feel for him. Th- that is inherently an interesting and great story to me. I, I think it's interesting that it chose to, because I've thought about this a lot, is perspective. And this is third-person perspective, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's from Derv's perspective, for the most part. I mean, he, he there's a long portion at the back of my book that talks about, well, here's where I got this information. A lot of it is just obviously from my mm-hmm. mem- memory, and then some of it I got from his interviews later on. And so, he did a really good job, I think, of, of the... Um... The research and yeah. taking taking all of that that was well researched and telling it through the same lens of oh hey I was here yeah let's tie this together and I, I think the best part of that was I don't I, mean, I don't remember if it was him that he gave a ride to but he drove him home and he said based on the timeline of the day that I did this it was his buddy that's who it was uh yeah yeah but they said that the the corpse was in the car, most likely. Yes. They, based it, on that timeline. Dahmer, that's, Dahmer had literally just murdered someone. Yeah, that's and that's that's chilling. It like it, it's often like the way you often immerse someone so that they gain empathy with a, a character, a monster, is that first person is you have them like in, I think of of uh, Nabokov's Lolita, which is about a monster. He's a pedophile. And yet, and he's telling the story, and you you know he's a monster, but you still empathize with him. And it's hard to, like, with someone like Dahmer, who's, like, clearly, like, who knows what degree of empathy he has inside. 
Like there's moments in this book where you feel like maybe he does real, like he realizes what he is and doesn't know what to do with it. And hence all the drinking and, you know, the, the social, like, I don't know, ostracization, but I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a really tricky thing to do. It's really hard, especially, I think it's, it works, I think is because he is, he's not, he's not, he's not a monster yet. He is not that kind of sociopath, overt sociopath yet. He is still becoming it. And he does, he's, regardless of how smart he is, he doesn't know how to stop it. You know, he has these awful inhuman urges and no one is really friends with him. Like, what what does he do? He drinks and drinks and drinks. Mm. And that doesn't stop it. So... And everyone else, everyone graduates and what do you, like, everyone leaves town. Who's going to leave? What do you do? Eventually you wear down, I guess. There's also really, like, I did. I just noticed this in that fishing scene. As they uh, approach that pond, mm-hmm. the shadow of the tree looks like a mushroom cloud. And I thought that was it's interesting. Doom. Mm-hmm. Ominous. Ominous. And that's what this is. The whole book is really. It's very ominous because you're watching someone grow up into a serial killer. It's also very sad. It really is. I think that's like at the end of the day, I think like this is, I like this more than black hole. I feel like it's more successful than black holes because it makes you feel something like it makes you feel about Durf and, and about Dahmer makes you feel sad and scared at the same time while black and i feel that way about the characters Mm. i feel about that way about the story and i I, black hole does elicit mood and feeling from me but it's mostly because of of like the art and the ideas and stuff like that but it's nothing like i do not give one shit about any of the characters in black hole yep In, in this i you you i cared about the characters and they feel peep. They feel like people. They felt real, ugly a lot of the time, but they <laughs> they felt real. Yeah, they're not the nicest. I mean, group of kids, and I think he's um he's pretty upfront about that. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't shy away from showing and the 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 bad things that they did as kids. Is it what else you want to touch on, Eric? Anything? Hmm. I've been yakking a while. I really like this book. I'm glad we got to read it again. That was My Friend Dahmer by Durf Backdurf. In two weeks' time, we will be uh, discussing Nameless by Grant Morrison, Chris Burnham. Some eldritch space monsters or something. <laughs> we haven't read Grant Morrison in a while. It's uh, It's a thing. Can be a while, been been a while since we read some Grant Morrison, so we can dip our toes back into his his what's the word I'm looking for his world. Sure, I couldn't think of a better one than that. Uh, but that's it works. That's in two weeks' time, second weekend of September. I'll do it for us. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out and like and follow those those places. If you want us to read something in specific, we uh, you can suggest it. and I, I We will do our best to accommodate. You can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. 
Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see uh, more art and uh, most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, both of which I'm known as the username easygoodnight. See, easy. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy. Well, that one we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank <music> you.